What's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome back to another quick episode of the Act Protect Engage Academy podcast. This is a bonus episode, all right? I thought about this topic today, and I really wanted to give you guys another great podcast to hold you over until I'm ready for our next Black Panther Fred Hampton one. So I figured I'd give you guys something in between. First things first. Shout out to all of our listeners, both domestically and internationally. We love you guys. We do this for you. If you can do me a favor, everybody, turn on your post notifications. Because if you do, when you're sitting around watching ID Discovery Channel and you hear a bing, you look down on your smartphone, you see a little banner on top, and it says A.P.E. Academy. That means a new podcast episode is streaming. All right, guys. <laughs> Sorry about the intro. I love country. I love country rock. It's kind of weird. I love all different types of music. You know, my, my tastes are everywhere. Today, I was listening to my boy, Trade the Truth, a Houston legend. If you don't know about Trade the Truth, check him out. Go on iTunes. He is the man down here in Houston, Texas. He does a lot for the city. He's a great human being. He does a lot of charitable work, and his album is also fire. He's also a rap legend. One day I might be listening to Trader Truth. The next day I might be listening to Metallica. You never know, so I figured I'll keep it fresh for you guys. All right, so this is a bonus episode, and it's kind of perfect because it fits right in the middle of my two episodes on Mr. Fred Hampton. If you guys did not check out the last episode, please do. All right. We're talking about the Black Panther Party out of Chicago, Illinois. All right. It was a really influential chapter of the party, and they went through a lot. And this is when you really start seeing state and government oppression of civil rights organizations. Now, they've been doing it for a while. But this is kind of like the first instance where it's been like overt, like in your face, like the state, the local authorities, the Chicago police and the FBI are directly targeting the Black Panthers. And they don't even try to make it look otherwise. All right. And this is a very, very disturbing development um, in the law enforcement realm when it comes to dissent, when it comes to political revolutions when it comes to free speech and freedom of thought and freedom of expression there's a lot of people who saw this as a threat this this brand new heavy handedness of the government of the federal government especially and how they were sticking their noses and sticking their hands into local affairs and crushing any type of movement that might challenge the power structures it was a very, very, very troubling time for civil rights. We're talking starting in 55 all the way to 71. That's when it was exposed. Now, the unit that the FBI established to monitor domestic groups was called the Counterintelligence Program. All right? We're going to talk about them today. All right? We're going to talk about counterintelligence and we're gonna talk about their impact. All right, sound good? 1956, 
1976. It was exposed in the early 70s. All right? They officially disbanded it in the late 70s. So what was it? It was a counterintelligence program, right, run by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, from roughly 1956 to 1976. So it was the FBI counterintelligence program, counterintelligence program, okay? So what it did, what did it do? It combined the efforts of the Bureau and local police departments, right? So it was a combination of federal resources and local resources, all right, whether it be, you know, the county sheriffs, the city police, the state troopers, whoever their partners would be, it would be on the local level, and they would track, harass, discredit, infiltrate, destroy, and destabilize dissident groups in the United States, domestic groups. They targeted the Communist Party, the Socialist Workers Party, the American Indian Movement, the Black Panther Party, a lot of mainstream civil civil rights individuals, icons and legends like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They targeted anyone they considered the new left, right? Quote, the new left. They also monitored the Ku Klux Klan, right? And black nationalist groups like the Black Guerrilla Family, uh, the Black Liberation Army, and I already mentioned the Panthers, okay? And I'm pretty sure they followed Stokely Carmichael, they followed Bobby Seale, Huey P. Newton. They had those guys on their radar. And they called it Cointelpro, C-O-I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but that's the acronym, all right? I'm just going to call it the counterintelligence unit, all right, of the FBI. J. Edgar Hoover, who was director of the FBI, he considered militant black nationalist groups to be the most dangerous threat that faced the United States, all right? And uh, this was during, it started in the 50s, right? You really start seeing the civil rights movement start to gain momentum under Dr. King and with the boycott, uh, the boycotts in Alabama. Um, it really started to gain national attention, right? So this popped up on J. Edgar Hoover's radar. His ears perked up, and he saw a threat. Now, the civil rights movements of the, you know, the sit-ins and the boycotts wasn't necessarily black nationalism, but it was an awakening, right? A social and political awakening among African Americans, right? So he believed, Hoover believed that these these organizations, these black nationalist groups, uh, they could cause civil unrest and it could lead to violence. The FBI's counterintelligence unit in, in the beginning, they focused on the Black Panther Party, Malcolm X, and the Nation of Islam, okay? Three kind of similar groups, um, although the Nation of Islam was obviously uh, religious-based, but it's interesting, the Black Panthers actually borrowed a lot of tactics, a lot of ideology from Malcolm and the Nation of Islam. What the FBI counterintelligence program sought to do was undermine, right, 
So that means stir things up, pull the rug out from under them, sabotage them at every level, right? Undermine, intimidate. So whether it be, you know, confronting people, trying to recruit people to become informants, bullying people, you know, calling at all hours of the night and hanging up, you know, having agents outside someone's house that's posted up nonstop, following their families, etc. right? Intimidate and slander, meaning sending false information to maybe a rival. Remember in the last episode, if you guys have heard the last episode on Fred Hampton, I talked about how the FBI sent a letter, a fake letter that was supposedly um, from an, a confidential source, right? A black man from the neighborhood stating that the Black Panthers were talking crap about a rival Chicago gang. Well, they weren't really a rival, but they were a big Chicago gang that the Black Panthers were looking to start a relationship with named the uh, Black Peacestone Nation. So the FBI sent the Black Peacestone Nation's leader, Jeff Fort, a letter, basically a fake letter, right? Saying that, yeah, I heard that the Panthers are against you and they got a hit out on you. And I'm not going to tell you anymore right now, but I'll be in touch. So they really wanted to slander and undermine these black nationalist groups. And they also, they didn't just do it to black nationalists. They also did it to nonviolent, more mainstream activists like Martin Luther King Jr. They, they tapped his phones. They harassed his family, right? They also slandered him, trying to, trying to get dirt on him, right? trying to collect dirt and try to sully his name and drag his name through the mud. So that was their goal, right? Undermine, intimidate, and slander. The counterintelligence methods used by the FBI program including, uh, included sending undercover agents, right? We call them rats, snitches, informants, whatever you want to say, into the Black Panther Party where they incited criminal acts. Okay, so they incited them. So there's a, uh, an instance where I talked about in the last episode, or did I talk about last, or I have it coming up, where an FBI informant named William O'Neill, he tried to get the Panthers to buy a bunch of uh, submachine guns, which were Ill illegal, right? He approached them, hey, you want to buy these guns? You want to buy these guns? They're like, nah, 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 get out of here with that. We don't want anything, any part of that. So they would try to uh, entrap them, which <laughs> is ridiculous, right? So they would try to incite criminal acts, and uh, they just tried to turn the public against the Panthers by making them seem more violent than they were. Other methods included planning informants, video surveillance, wiretapping, we just talked about, as well as phone call campaigns and false letter writing, right? We just talked about that too, to sow, to sow intergroup discord. The counterintelligence program is suspected to have contributed to the divide that formed between Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam that ultimately resulted in his assassination in 1965. Now, the two men that were convicted and jailed from, for Malcolm X's assassination have been recently exonerated, okay? It found out that they were framed and that they didn't do it. Now, the question remains, who killed Malcolm X? A lot of people believe the government killed Malcolm X. No one has any real proof of that, but with the... With the uh, the type of shade that the FBI had been up to during that time frame, 
it, it would not be surprising to anyone if they were found out to be behind the assassination in some way. It is estimated that the counterintelligence program and the police officers working as part of a program, a concerted effort, killed 28 Black Panther Party members nationally and imprisoned another 750 in an effort to destroy the group. We also talked about that in the last episode. So, if you're not <laughs> if you're not getting my drift, check out the last episode. It's a really really informative episode, all right? The the FBI was after certain groups and they did not make any bones about it, all right? They were not trying to hide it. It was pretty obvious. All right, so this, you know, this divide, right, these tensions that they try to create within the Black Panther Party, it led to the actual murder of one of their members, all right? It led to a murder, and they are also believed to be behind the assassination of Mark Clark and Fred Hampton, who we're going to talk about on uh, Saturday, okay? And that's a whole different story. That's a whole different can of worms. And we're going to dive deep into that on Saturday's episode. To try to get a full picture of how the counterintelligence program worked is not easy to do. You kind of got to piece, you know, different parts of the puzzle together, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that's still confidential and not available to the public. However, there are some public records that do exist. Due to the highly sensitive nature of many of these surveillance programs, many of the details of the programs were intentionally never put into writing so they could not be exposed later, right? If you don't write it down, if it's not recorded, right, who's to say it ever happened? And that's kind of the, uh, the belief behind this super confidential, super uh, illegal <laughs> program that the FBI was running. The less people know, the better. Some of these files, though, came to light in March of 1971 after a leftist group called the Citizens Committee to investigate the FBI broke into a small Pennsylvania FBI office, seized documents, and disseminated them to news outlets. In 1975, the U.S. Select Committee to Study Governmental Operations with respect to intelligence activities, also known as the Church Committee, helped bring other of the counterintelligence activities to light. But because the committee only required the FBI to provide heavily redacted documents, its impact in exposing the truth was extremely limited. All right, so we talk about the FBI's secret unit in the next episode of the Act Protect Engage podcast. Okay? The, the next episode is entitled The Assassination of a Panther, Two Shots to the Back of the Head. Fred Hampton was killed laying in his bed. He is believed to have been heavily drugged. It is believed that a FBI informant, a snitch, a rat, drugged him before he went to sleep which would allow him to be well not allow him which would allow the FBI to enter his apartment target 
him specifically, and he would not be able to respond in order to escape or fight back. All right? There's actually a specific unit called the SPU that was created as a joint task force between the Chicago Metropolitan Police Department and the local FBI field office in Chicago that was used specifically as an assassination squad to hunt and kill Panthers. They raided Panthers headquarters God knows how many times. In the next episode of the podcast, I recount a lot of those raids and go into the details. I hope you guys enjoyed this quick bonus episode. We're about, about uh, what, 18 minutes? Didn't want to uh, keep your guys' time for too long. Once again, we love you. Please turn on your post notifications so you will know when a new episode is streaming. Okay? Uh, we try to put episodes out every two days or so, depending on my schedule, which is why I did one today. Although I'm not um, fully prepared to put out the full Fred, uh, part two of the Fred Hampton assassination yet, I decided to do a bonus episode to hold you guys over until Saturday. I will have everything ready. My research is officially uh, coming to a close, so we're going to get everything together, get the outline finished up and, and perfected. I want everything to be perfect for you guys. So if you haven't heard part one yet, make sure you go back and you check it out, okay? Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you guys have had a great week so far. Remember, it's Friday Eve, right? It's Thursday, right, guys? I think so. It's Thursday, Friday Eve. I actually had an easy day today at work because the power went out in the office. So for most of the day, we were just sitting around. I also, I also went to the uh, range today, got some shots off. I will be doing some podcasts about um, some shooting drills that I love and I'm going to recommend for you guys. All right, that's all I got. I'm going to stop ranting. God bless you guys. Stay safe. Put God first. Put your family first. Stay positive. Get after it. Don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do something because anything is possible with faith and with God in your life. Love y'all. Ape. Shout out to my buddy Corey Rose, a great country singer. Look him up on iTunes. Corey Rose with a K. K O R E Y Rose. Eight. Out.